0: Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. Welcome to Catholic Conversations. I am Royce Hood, and I'll be guest hosting this program today on Catholic Spirit Radio. We are joined by two really, really special guests to talk about their work with Elizabeth Ministries, and I'm joined in the studio by Amanda Wesselman and Kristen Peterson. Hello. Hi. Hey, ladies. How are you doing today? Doing well. Doing fine. So um, we actually were driving down the street on the way to the studio. I had no idea what we were going to be talking about. And I just saw you. You guys were hitchhiking. And I was like, hey, (laughs) let's get you into the studio. Is that? uh,
1: And we were like, let's go. Yeah, totally.
0: (laughs) Right? And my wife tells me I have a very um, colorful way of remembering things. Because that maybe is not quite exactly what happened.
2: Maybe not 100% accurate, but... You know, we'll, we'll go with it.
0: We'll go with it, right? There used to be a period of time that my grandfather, who was from Texas, used to actually hitchhike to get to work, right? Long time ago. He's been gone now for many years. But he used to tell me that. Like they would literally hitchhike to get to college and to get to school and everything else.
2: Back in the good old days.
0: So we don't recommend hitchhiking, by no. the way. Uh, <laughs> no,
2: we do not, not endorse that. No, do not,
0: do not try this at home. This That's is right. False advertising. Right. Here. So tell us a little bit about Elizabeth Ministry. What what your involvement is. What this incredible apostolate does. Whichever one of you okay. wants to take that.
2: Uh, well, I'm Kristen, and I am a parishioner at Holy Trinity Catholic Church here in Bloomington. And um, Elizabeth Ministry has been a part of our parish ministries for a little over 20 years, and um, you know, just following the example of Mary and Elizabeth and their wonderful um, example to all of us mothers who are either actively in the role or a spiritual mother in all phases of motherhood. So our role, is to provide encouragement, prayer, and support for any mother who is in um, the joys of motherhood and um, also the sorrows. So we're just available to anyone who needs us.
0: You know, that it's absolutely beautiful because most of the time pregnancies are, you know, a happy, we hope that there'll be a happy occasion. And we know that's not always the case, at least Um, Like for instance, my wife and I, we had a a situation where our child was diagnosed with Potter's syndrome. Um, And so I don't know if you're familiar with that story or not, but we had um, uh, had several children already. And we found out that we were pregnant with Fulton and everything was great. And then at 20 weeks, we discovered that he didn't have any kidneys and because of no kidneys, there'd be no amniotic fluid. And because of that, his lungs wouldn't develop. And this little guy had all sorts of other complications as well. And so what had always been a very positive experience for my wife and I it turned into like this, like, wow, okay, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. How, what, how are we going to face this cross? And we didn't love the little guy any different. Mm-hmm. In fact, he was like our, our little hero.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, because he was this perfect little baby. Um, and so I, I think about that situation. I know that's not all that you do. Right. Right. But that must be a part of it. Is there is there a part of your ministry that does that connects with women and families that are struggling with with a, a difficult pregnancy?
2: Absolutely. Um, you know, when my husband and I moved back to the community in two thousand four, we were um, coming from a loss, uh, a current loss of a pregnancy with our first child, and so. You know, reaching out to Elizabeth Ministry to uh, when I was then pregnant with um, our second child uh, was a great encouragement for me. It was a way to connect with other moms. It was a way to feel supported. You know, coming off of a a pregnancy loss is a very um, vulnerable feeling when you are then pregnant again. Is, I've called it, you know, there's really not an innocent pregnancy after you come off of a loss of a pregnancy or a child, you know, a, a living child, a born child. Um, so experiencing the love and support from other mothers was very important to me at that time in our lives. So
0: that's that's beautiful. Go ahead. Yeah. Um,
2: I have kind of a I'm
3: going to combine both of your stories. OK, in a way. Uh-huh. Um, our first child. Um, also died shortly after birth because he had a condition very similar to potter syndrome Um, multi-cystic kidney dysplasia technically he had kidneys but they they were malformed so there was no amniotic fluid the lungs didn't grow etc um and we lived in a different state at the time um so it was not we were not connected with epiphany parish at the time um but we can decided to continue the pregnancy and after uh, and everybody i mean people all over the world that we knew were praying for this miracle. So we did not get the miracle we wanted. He was born alive. He lived for 40 minutes. Um, so that was a beautiful time, but we, he, he did still die. And so after that grieving, you know, after his birth and death and, and grieving um, the loss we did get an outpouring of support. We got, there was a group of people that brought us like a meal every week for like three months. There was a, a, one person came and got a basket of our laundry and took it home and brought it back the next day, dried and folded, like incredible things. But none of that came from the church that we attended. Interesting. Yes. And that was a void that my husband and I both noticed. I taught, it wasn't like we were unknown there either. Like I taught Sunday school. Like we'd gone there for several years. We had sought out pastoral counseling in connection with this pregnancy. I had the funeral there. And yet there wasn't this mechanism in place for, for support. So they did not have Elizabeth ministry there. So when we moved here um, to Illinois and started attending uh, Epiphany, Elizabeth ministry was not there at the time. um, It had been there previously, a few years earlier, but the woman who was running it um, had to step away for personal family reasons and nobody wanted to pick up the mantle and and go with it because leading a ministry is kind of a lot. So um, I had read in the bulletin, this was what, eight years ago now. I read in the bulletin uh, an ad of sorts. There was another woman in the parish who was interested in restarting it, but she didn't want to do it by herself. She wanted a co-leader. So I read this, and I, you know, pointed it out, discussed it with my husband. I was like, "This is what we were missing at that last place we lived. Like, this is a mechanism to provide support for people in the situation yeah. that we were in." And, um, and he, you know, we discussed it and he's like, there's way more pros than cons. This would help a lot of people. So that's beautiful. Um, this other woman and I started it and, and, uh, we've, so we've had a Elizabeth ministry at epiphany again for the past eight years. That's oh, amazing.
0: Yeah. You know, being, being able to take a tragedy like that and then sort of pay it forward, I thought that I have to go back a little bit because you mentioned people brought you meals. they called that the meal train. I don't know if that's what it's called everywhere, yeah, but when we um lost Fulton it was we had a meal train, and it was I actually gained weight from the <laughs> meal train.
2: yes, people will take care of you with those meals we did, and it
0: wasn't every week, it was like every other day there's yeah, like yeah. this massive amount of food, and we got really spoiled, like I think I kind of forgot how to cook over that <laughs> period of time. And I will say I'm a little bit jealous. We didn't have anybody offer to do our laundry. That was the only right. one
3: time. I actually, it, it's kind of funny that the things that people will not accept offers of, because I have offered to do that for people and they're like, oh, no, no, that's okay. And I'm like, Some things are seriously? off limits. Right. I it mean, feels really personal. You know what? <laughs> right? Like, okay, I get if you don't want to send your underwear, right, but right, like right. your kids' <laughs> clothes? Your kids, Come yeah. on. That's fine.
0: Yeah. I don't know that you'd want my family's underwear in your laundry machine. <laughs> Talk about making saints. Baby. I have five <laughs> children. You're not going to scare me. Right? I got five kids. Okay. We, yeah. And so Fulton was our six. We have five at home and they're all little. So yeah, you never know what you're going to find in the laundry basket. So true. And I don't know who does like, okay. So my wife, Elise, makes fun of me all the time because I always have a napkin or a paper towel in my pants, like oh. in my pockets.
3: My husband has tissues. I, yes, I, Kleenex. just part always, of the process. That's, I think
0: John's giving me a thumbs up. I think that might be a guy thing. Maybe. Uh, right, I mean, there come you go.
2: on. He's got one right
3: now. Okay,
0: and it, I will say it messes up the laundry if you don't check the pockets. Right, but I can't tell you how many times I'm in the car and somebody spills something and oop, I've got my paper towel. It's true. So true. It,
2: but you know, I will say also with laundry that whoever's doing the laundry, the money found in the laundry. Oh, that's not fair. That's fair game. That's, uh, hey, you, didn't check those pockets. you didn't, check, you the didn't pockets. check the pockets, it's so it's finder's fee. You know what? I can accept
0: that. I should, we should uh, have a talk with my daughter who's uh, outside in the lobby waiting. I think, yes. Right. That might convince her to do the laundry. There you go.
2: There you go. So,
0: um, but no, okay. So you moved, um, that's just absolutely beautiful, um, and, you know, I'm sorry for your loss as well. And I can only imagine. So with Fulton, we were expecting him to be born alive and then to similar, like he would not have had long. We um, we were praying for a miracle. And I think in, in many ways we received a miracle that we needed, but not the one we wanted. He yes. passed away right after his 39-week ultrasound mm-hmm. in the womb. So he was mm-hmm. stillborn and he was still born on Good Friday, which was, for us, a very beautiful date for his arrival. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so man, in, in situations like that, it's so it's so difficult for people to understand, but it's amazing how how much sympathy people have. And honestly, we received outpourings of support for Fulton as well from around the world. Um, we had we recorded a song to his heartbeat. Mm-hmm. So the heartbeat is the metronome and people have played that and we've we received messages of one woman that had said she hadn't prayed in 20 years because she had uh, she was actually post-abortive and really just had gone through this grieving process completely alone and had never talked to anybody about it and she heard the song she read the story and she's like i'm you know this this did something for me wow mm-hmm. um so that you know that you never know but even just sharing and now look what you're doing so eight years at epiphany mm-hmm. yeah i'm always afraid i'm going to say that word wrong by the way <laughs>
2: You you did it.
3: <laughs> and,
0: all right. And how long have you been involved with Elizabeth Ministry?
2: Um, I was thinking back on that. Um, so we have a senior and a sophomore at Central Catholic and an eighth grader at Corpus Christi. And I believe our oldest was about two, maybe even a little younger. So that would have put Ryan in a in a baby carrier. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um so I mean probably about Sixteen years yeah. with Elizabeth Ministry, and you had
0: kids at home when you were getting involved, right? I mean, yeah. little ones—that yeah. that would be a lot. So, tell us a little bit. I mean, okay, so you you are helping moms through any any situation in pregnancy, basically. I mean, tell Correct. us a little bit about the services that you guys provide, if you could.
3: Um, at Epiphany, we've we have kind of. People seem to to key on the the physical support. So one thing we do is a meal train when somebody is um, expecting a baby, either adoption or or birth. That's probably the most common thing, most common time that we provide meals. Um, So we actually have a, um, every once in a while, every few months, we'll do a call out, you know, hey, Elizabeth Ministers, come. We do a massive, like, freezer cooking night. And Mm -hmm. in, like, two to three hours, we get, like, 12 meals stocked in the freezer. So that – If, um, actually I do know one family that they're, they literally have like, we got a call today that we're like a baby's being placed with us or a foster child's being placed with us. So, you know, people like can just literally grab it out of the freezer and drop it off at their house. Mm. Um, so it's nice to have that. Um, and we also have other, other, um, families who are other Elizabeth ministers who sign up and they'll provide another meal. So usually families get two meals from us after, um, the birth of a baby's most common, but like, um. For hospitalization or those other kind of things that are very hard on a family, mm-hmm. sometimes we'll help with those situations too. Um, we also have a have a prayer list um, that gets refreshed monthly for people who um, are in whatever situation that they want prayed for. A lot of times, it's expanding your family. Mm-hmm. But um, sometimes people want prayed for children who are being evaluated for special needs or um, for the loss of a child. Um, and we, na- we name the children, whether they've been welcomed into the home or whether they've been lost or, you know, whatever. We always make sure to have a name associated with the parents because that, that helps to um, acknowledge the, the personhood, the beauty of, of the child who was lost um and so for losses like that miscarriages are probably the most common i don't know that we've had a stillbirth in the parish that we've been aware of um we provide a spiritual bouquet so we'll kind of send out an email call um you know what kind of prayer are you willing to offer for the the healing the um um for the uh, sake of this family and so people will sit you know Come back with. I'm going to pray a rosary. I'm going to do an hour of Eucharistic adoration. I'm going to offer my Mass intentions, like these different kinds of prayers. And then one person kind of collects all of those and and makes like a um a little uh, paper, I guess. It's usually like a paper craft kind of thing, usually in the form of flowers because it's a spiritual bouquet that lists all of these different prayers, that's right? Beautiful. So it's one flower for every rosary that's prayed, or a chaplet of Divine Mercy, or you know every off- prayer that's offered, and then you get presented with that um, Mm. and that's helpful I have received that actually I've also miscarried twice um, after having several children and so having received that is very much a consolation to know that people are praying for you and how they're doing it Um, so that's another thing um, that we've done we also um, offer like a, a personal like somebody to come visit you this kind of connection with other mothers I'm a little surprised that more people aren't like yes come on over I would love to, you know, talk pregnancy and motherhood with you. Um, so for the for the most part, they just kind of email or text a little bit and then um, pray for them, obviously.
0: I feel like it's a different world with that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, especially at my house, we have three dogs. We have six kids there now. Like having somebody come over is not always the best idea.
2: It's an
1: ordeal.
3: <laughs> well, I think it's a combination of two things. I think it's a combination of Midwestern helpfulness. You know, oh, I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to take up your time. But... I'm offering. <laughs> I would love to come and just chat with you. And the other thing is I have zero judgment about my house is an absolute right. toy foon. Like you have to pick your way to get to the couch. So there is no judgment on my. See, part.
0: as long as you're comfortable with that, with us, I feel like we're like, okay, you know, I'm like, my idea of cleaning is very different than my wife's.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: And you know, I'll just find a <laughs> closet and throw everything into it, which isn't great. If you open the closet, <laughs>
3: But for the Just moment Just don't open the closet When the guest is there Right
0: But then inevitably One of the kids Comes walking along And they yes. open the closet Sure And mm-hmm. it's a disaster
2: Right yeah. Right You have to find The locked closet to No that
0: <laughs> <in>. <laughs> And then we have A English bulldog pug mix mm. His name is Wilbur And his favorite activity In the world He actually does look like Wilbur from Charlotte's Web Oh
4: my oh.
0: goodness His favorite activity Is to go outside Lay in the mud And bark at a rock <laughs> And it's a wow. pretty, it's a pretty big rock, right? And so he'll he'll actually look at this thing, and it doesn't ever move, it doesn't talk to him. It's a rock, but he'll bark at it and run in circles like it's like he's playing with it. Okay. And then he comes in and he gets on the couch.
2: Oh, fantastic! Yeah. All muddy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm so sure your wife loves that.
0: She she does think he's cute, but yeah, he's, good
2: thing, good thing. He, he smells. Cute. He <laughs> <laughs> smells like you would expect a Wilbur
0: to smell. Um, anyway so no but that's amazing I love the fact that I mean the meal the meal trains uh, we already talked about that I mean that's Mm -hmm. huge and I think that too is a great way for people to connect with other parishioners because Mm -hmm. during that process you know people will come over they would bring the meals they would talk to us and we it was there was some fellowship involved in that and some you Mm -hmm. know relationships that were built from that as well Mm -hmm. plus in some cases you have to return the Tupperware so there's like a follow-up built in um which I'm kind of joking, but it was awesome. Um, <laughs> the other thing was the prayer list. I mean, that to us was huge. I mean, knowing that people people were praying for us, I know personally that meant the world. Mm-hmm. And we really, really tried too to also remember those people. Like when people told us they're praying for us, it was like, wow, like we need to do that for them as well. Right. Um, we had some people too that were offering. Like we had one young lady that um, suffers from uh, seizures and different things Mm -hmm. and she she actually was offering up anytime she would have a seizure she would offer that up for our our baby that Mm -hmm. we're you know still wow Um, so just things like that I think anybody could benefit from what it is you guys do the other thing you touched on that I think was really cool is you mentioned the foster system Mm -hmm. and the fact that you are supporting families that bring children in can you tell us a little bit about, about more about that Um, And actually, you know what? Let's do this. Let's take that on the other side of this break. Um, you're listening to Catholic Conversations. When we come back, we'll be uh, we'll, we'll we'll be back with our guests. We're going to talk about some more of the services that um, Elizabeth Ministry offers. So thank you for listening. You're listening to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio.
1: Fried cod, baked cod, shrimp, grilled cheese sandwiches, mac and cheese, beans, coleslaw, dessert, and drinks. It's time for the Lenten fish fry at the Pontiac Knights of Columbus every Friday in March, five to seven, at the St. Mary's Parish Hall in Pontiac. As Catholic Spirit Radio touched you maybe it has brought you closer to god or even into the church tell us your story call or text our listener comment line if you like you can remain anonymous 773-541-4159
4: this is it the final performances ever in bloomington illinois this is the last season for the spectacular performances of the american passion play the greatest story
5: ever told The American Passion Play brings Christian history to life with authentic costumes, elaborate settings, and live animals. There's intrigue, drama, friendship, and as the plot unfolds, betrayal, sorrow, and love. You must see the American Passion Play before its final curtain falls at the Center for the Performing Arts in Bloomington. Viewed by generation
4: after generation, this is theater at its best. Performance dates are March 11th, 18, 25, and April 1st, and each performance begins promptly at 1 p.m. Reserve your American Passion Play tickets today by calling 309-829-3903.
6: Am I pregnant? This is often the first question a woman needs answered when she comes to the Pregnancy Resource Center. What now is the second question. Living Alternatives Pregnancy Resource Center is committed to providing excellent care, compassionate support, and honest information to those facing pregnancy decisions through authentic relationships that display grace, honor life, and foster community. Living Alternatives needs your help to encourage and support women in Bloomington Normal. Make your donation or find out more ways to get involved at PregnancyResourceCenter.org.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to Catholic Conversations, and I'm your host, Royce Hood. Um, and we just want to thank all the sponsors of Catholic Spirit Radio. Please be sure to um, support them, check them out on the web. And as always, be sure to download the app for Catholic Spirit Radio um, if you haven't already done that, go to catholicspiritradio.com. All right, so we are sitting here with Amanda and uh, Kristen, uh, who are both involved with Elizabeth Ministry at their parish. And we were talking about some of the um, the great work that uh, the volunteers through Elizabeth Ministry do for people that are in all different stages of pregnancy, um, as well as just building, building their families, um, everything from... Uh, pregnancies that are difficult to adoption to new babies and everything in between um, tell us a little bit you mentioned before that um, some of the services that you all provide deal with people that are opening their homes to the foster foster children. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little um, bit about
3: that? So yeah. we, we treat that basically like the uh, adding a child to your family in, in any other way. So those people get um, certainly added to the prayer list if they if they want to be added, which no one's ever refused. <laughs> and um, they get uh, meals for, you know, because it's hard to add a kid to your family. Um, and um, that kind of, you know, checking in sort of support, you know, what else do you need from me? kind of thing. So, we basically, we just treat the, a foster child as if any other expansion of your family.
0: That's beautiful. Do people need to be a member of your parish in order to um, to enjoy sort of the fruits of your labor through, through the ministry?
2: I mean, I hate to say yes, because you never want to refuse anyone, but usually, I mean, it is parish-based, um, but I'm sure if, you know— father came to us with a special situation we would never refuse
0: right so i mean that's just probably how people how you find out about somebody is because they're part of that community right exactly that makes sense
2: exactly um
0: and talk a little bit uh, too about um about baptism and other other aspects of what you all do
2: So at Holy Trinity and um, Historic, we do provide a baptism bag for um, that special day for that little one. Um, Within the baptism bag, there is a prayer for mom and a prayer for baby. There's a a special book and a prayer bear that is um, provided to the family. And I know for my kids, I have all three of their baby books have their prayer inside their baby book, because that's just a really special, you know, time. And um, I always teared up at their baptisms because I just, you know, just welcoming, welcoming them into the into the church family is just such a beautiful gift. Um, and so that's something that our, our ministry provides for each family. And um, we also do um, flowers for the moms on Mother's Day at the church um, with the Prayer attached so each mother whether whatever phase of motherhood she's in is welcome to take a flower at the end of mass and um, receive that prayer along with that
0: That's so, beautiful
2: yeah Chris and I have to say I'm impressed that you have baby books for all three of your children
3: <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of digital photos of all my kids right but no real yeah. books per se um, so at Epiphany we also do a baptism gift. Uh, the baptism of a child. And um, we give a hooded towel that one of our Elizabeth Ministry volunteers makes. Oh my! And goodness. she's amazing. She's that's like, so oh, sweet. I just whip them. It's just a couple hours on a Saturday. A week, hooded towel, right? like and for like, um, for bath time. For, yes, exactly. Oh, that's so amazing. It, you know, the towel, the being wet, that reminds you of you know getting clean because reminds you of your
2: baptism. Love right? it. So it's
3: supposed to be a practical reminder. Love it um, of the childhood that baptism and it's it's like a full size bath towel with uh, like a hood added. Yeah. So it's like my oldest is twelve and he, it's still his preferred towel to go to. Right. This baptism I have to
0: I mean, okay. so this is a sidebar, but my last name is Hood. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's like it's sort of a weird thing for me, but like I'm really into hoodies. (laughs) (laughs) I am. I can't help it. And every single my it kind of it's sort of like funny because every single one of my kids like that's my go to thing. Like, here's a hoodie. And Uh I mean, they're very comfortable. They are. Right. And so but I'm a little jealous. I really don't see bath towels for guys my size with a hood. There are not.
3: There's a market.
2: You need to get into that.
3: Well, it
0: sounds like you guys have the manufacturer (laughs) already identified. We could come and go into business.
3: Yeah. Well, I don't know. If I tell her that she can market it and sell it, then we we can sell it on the,
0: yeah, maybe we can do an ad on the radio. There There we go. go. There
3: There you
2: go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, that's, that's so cool. I mean, we, um, our kids, again, they, they love stuff like that. And the prayer yes. book, and you mentioned the the, prayer, uh, the bear. The prayer
2: bear. It's like a little stuffed bear with a little, you know, cross or whatever, you know, is we're, we're able to get at that time. But it's usually a little white bear and it has just a little special heart on it. And, um, you know, that's something that can grow with the child. And then once they're all grown up, it's a special memory that they can either pass on or, you know, mom and dad hold on to it.
0: You know, I still have a bear from when I was a kid. No oh, joke. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's like a normal thing or not. No,
2: my right. husband has one from his childhood that's in our closet, and his name's Clyde. Clyde. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a great name, right? For a bear. Yeah. We have a number of. Did stuff he things. name? Yes. Did he name it
2: himself? I believe he did. And it is a very well-loved, worn-out yeah. bear, but he's so special, and he does—he does—he uh, <laughs> still has ownership at our house. So, <laughs> okay. See, I—I
0: I gave mine to my daughter Ava, who's my firstborn. So mm-hmm. she has, oh. and his name is Baby. I don't know why. There you go. <laughs> that's just what I always called the bear was Baby. So that's cute. But, I love that. Yeah, and actually, my the story on the bear that I have is that it was actually my mother's and i just really liked it she kept putting it in her closet and i kept taking it so eventually she just let me have it right And the things uh,
2: we do for our children right <laughs> relinquish the bear exactly so um,
0: i mean i i love this i love the fact that i mean i feel like so much of what you do you're bringing you're bringing love you're bringing positivity into people's hearts into their homes how how does somebody again your your parishioners how does somebody find out about your ministry if they're at their parish Um, or if, if they don't, if if maybe their parish doesn't have your ministry.
2: Right. So if you're interested in, you know, learning about Elizabeth ministry and becoming part of the ministry or using, um, the resources that we provide or getting support, um, in any way from our ministry, you can go on the website, um, which is hsp-ht.org and, um, you know, find Elizabeth Ministry that way. And that's
0: for your particular that's parish. That's for our
2: particular okay. parish. But if you're interested in starting an Elizabeth Ministry at a parish, um, you can go to uh, Elizabeth Ministry International. And, you know, you can just even enter that into the Google search and it'll pull it up.
0: Elizabethministry.org. Does that, does that sound that right? That sounds
2: right. That sounds right. And that'll take you to Elizabeth Ministry International. And they have all kinds of beautiful information along with how to start. An Elizabeth ministry at your parish.
0: And so both of you are volunteers, is that right? Correct. And how many um, people work with you through this ministry at each of your parishes?
2: So I also have um, two women who work with me. I work with them, um, Kathy Whelan and Charlene Homan, who bring beautiful examples of motherhood into the organization because we have one mom who mothers um, a large family, and we have another mother who is um, who has biological children and an adopted child, and then there's me, <laughs> and I have three children and um, have experienced loss, and so anybody within our parish, and um, also at Historic, can use... Um, our experiences to help them through um, good and bad times, along with anyone else who's in our ministry who may have a certain special experience that relates to somebody who's going through something.
0: Do you feel like that's a majority of uh, of the women that get involved? Have they experienced some loss or is there have they just ex- been on the receiving end of the love that your ministry provides? Or is it a little bit of both?
2: Well, I think it's a little bit of both. And I also think that sometimes moms are just looking for a connection with other moms. And the Elizabeth ministry is a great way to just get that initial contact even if you aren't going through you know something tragic or you know even something beautiful but um you know it can just be that way to connect with other moms
0: that's great yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah
3: part of what, what what builds the community of the church sure, um, and welcomes them into the church family that you have other moms to, to talk to and commiserate right. with, especially if they're like a little bit ahead of your station of parenthood. Absolutely. Right? So if you're only your first or second kid and, you know, to talk to somebody whose kids are a little bit older or maybe they have more children, getting that additional perspective is, is really, really valuable.
2: I totally agree with that. I call them veteran moms. Yes. <laughs> like those are, you know, those are t- untapped resources sometimes that are just, you got to get in there. And and get that opinion and get that advice from somebody who's been through it, mm-hmm. um, good or bad. You know, we're mm-hmm. on the cusp of graduation for our first time from high school, oh, and boy. it's like, you know, ah. So I'm asking, you know, Kathy, you know how how do we go about this, and what does it look like on the other side? And so, just even simple times like that where you connect with somebody um, within the ministry can be just such a, a feeling of support and community that it's just great. So
0: you've got your first graduation coming up and yes. then do we have plans for college?
2: Yes, she's actually gonna play volleyball at Illinois Wesleyan. So we're very excited that she'll only be about 20 minutes down the road. <laughs> yes. From we can go to games and uh, yeah, so we're feeling very blessed that she's gonna be in town and continuing her love of volleyball and studying at a a very great academic uh, university you
0: know so I'm from South Florida and volleyball was a big thing yeah in Florida I'm surprised how many Midwesterners play volleyball
2: it's big
0: no offense to my midwestern well we reference. play it in gyms right, <laughs> right. it's was, a little bit different yeah. florida it's a little yeah. more outdoor right
2: the sand the sand That's volleyball but yeah we're, we're more on the courts you know there <laughs> is
0: something about having sand under your feet when you're playing volleyball it's a little bit different
2: oh yeah that'll sure. that'll build those legs you know what we should do is start
0: bringing <laughs> sand into like the indoor volleyball courts just you only probably, if you
2: volunteer to clean it that's up right not, yeah yeah <laughs> not at my house no <laughs> house.
0: so that's exciting and uh yeah I mean for my daughter again she's uh she's nine I've told her she's not allowed to leave for college right um I don't know if that perspective of mine will change but at this point we're not even anywhere close to being there
2: yeah. oh it is uh it's a bittersweet time you know I always say that every aspect of parenthood is bittersweet, right? You're excited for what's coming up and what the future is going to hold that near future, but it's bitter because it's kind of hard to leave that phase behind that phase that you're, you're walking out of. But, um, it's such a journey and just knowing that God is guiding and, uh, you just, boy, pray a lot.
0: (laughs) No, you know, I want to talk to you both. Um, and we just got a couple more minutes on this segment, Um, So, uh, Kristen, I kind of want to ask you a little bit about that. I mean, how much—I mean, you've been involved with Elizabeth Ministry for a number of years now. Mm -hmm. You've raised children. You're still raising them. Yeah. How much does faith play a role in how you sort of run your home?
2: Well, I'm very blessed that um, I'm married to a man who is an incredible— Catholic. He's a wonderful, faithful man. And so, he's a great example for our entire family. Our family is, um, you know, we parent on the foundation of faith. Our kids attend Catholic school. And not that that's the end-all be-all of, you know, parenting in the faithful way. Um, But we just find it important um, to have it in our home and have it in their education. And I feel like Because we have set the example and the tone for how important faith is in our lives, especially nowadays, um, that our kids are going to go out into the world armed to defend their faith. You know, I feel like we're raising three kiddos who are pretty concrete in their beliefs. And do I know what the future holds? No, that's what prayer is for, right? And that's what faith is for. But um, I do feel like, especially sending Paige out into the world on her own, you know, into college in the next, um, you know, six months or whatever, I feel like we've armed her and she does have such a good grasp on what she believes. And she's very firm in her beliefs that I feel like she can defend that, you know, even when she's out there.
0: You know, that's beautiful. I think what you're getting to is, you know, these children, as they grow up, they, they 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 start making decisions. Yeah. And Lord knows I made some bad decisions. But that's the hope I think, right? That you've right. given them you've given them that spiritual armor, that knowledge, that that example to make the right decisions.
2: Well, absolutely, and I call anytime something, you know, enters that we wouldn't necessarily want our kids to hear like, you know, at the phase of life that you guys are in, 12 and under, mm-hmm. 9 and under, um, you know, I call it a breach in the bubble when they hear that that first curse word or they hear, you know, somebody getting bullied or I call the, those little breaches in the bubble, the family bubble where, you know, that's just the little examples of the outside coming in and it's going to happen. And it's important that your kids know that you have an open line for them to talk about things.
0: You know, that bubble is so interesting. Is it, do, do Catholics live in a bubble? <laughs> do we? Gosh, you know, I don't think we live in a bubble, but I feel like um, I've thought about that a few you know, times. Though, like, in, in some ways, I think I—I I don't know. I feel like we sort of are raising our kids on purpose. Well, yeah. I mean,
2: I think the bubble is like our faith bubble, right? Right. And so when they are going out into the world, and Lord knows they're going to face all kinds of obstacles, um, and backlash. Um, you know, they
0: Well, you know, you know what's cool about the bubble though is the fact that it's two thousand years old.
2: That's right. It's a pretty strong bubble. (laughs) It is.
0: And if you think about it, everything you need to live a great life is contained in the church. Right. Right. And the rest of the world is like chaotic. They're running around. They're confused. They're, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to raise raise their children. Right. And they wonder why there's so much anxiety. There's so much depression. There's so much confusion Mm -hmm. and crime and all this stuff. It's like, well, go back to the the, the basics. The basics, exactly. Just
2: always go back to the basics.
0: I love it. Well, um, this is great. You guys are listening to uh, to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. I think we might take our next break, and when we come back, we'll wrap this up, and um, we're going to talk to Amanda a little bit about her children and how she um, she educates them, and, uh, and then we want to hear a little bit more about Elizabeth ministry and how you, the listeners, can get involved and support their ministry. So thank you for listening, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio.
1: Hi, this is Kathy and Anne from... From Catholic Spirit Radio, we are looking for folks who would love to volunteer with us during our fundraisers and various other station events and tasks throughout the year.
7: We really need volunteers in the DeKalb, Sycamore, Morris, Joliet, and Lincoln areas, as well as Bloomington Normal.
1: If you have a few extra hours or more a month, put them to use for the Lord.
7: We would love to add your name to our Catholic Spirit Radio volunteer list. Contact us at office at catholicspiritradio.org.
4: This is it the final performances ever in Bloomington, Illinois. This is the last season for the spectacular performances of the American Passion Play, the greatest
5: story ever told. The American Passion Play brings Christian history to life with authentic costumes, elaborate settings, and live animals. There's intrigue, drama, friendship, and as the plot unfolds, betrayal, sorrow, and love. You must see the American Passion Play before its final curtain falls at the Center for the Performing Arts in Bloomington. Viewed by
4: generation after generation, this is theater at its best. Performance dates are March 11, 18, 25, and April 1st, and each performance begins promptly at 1 p.m. Reserve your American Passion Play tickets today by calling 309-829-3903. John Albee here. I've been a realtor for over 50 years, and I love helping people buy and sell homes. Team Albee, the only name you may ever need in real estate. 309-275-5646.
6: Am I pregnant? This is often the first question a woman needs answered when she comes to the Pregnancy Resource Center. What now is the second question. Living Alternatives Pregnancy Resource Center is committed to providing excellent care, compassionate support, and honest information to those facing pregnancy decisions through authentic relationships that display grace, honor life, and foster community. Living Alternatives needs your help to encourage and support women in Bloomington Normal. Make your donation or find out more ways to get involved at PregnancyResourceCenter.org. Fried cod, baked cod, shrimp, grilled cheese sandwiches, mac and cheese, beans, coleslaw, dessert, and drinks. It's
1: time for the Lenten Fish Fry at the Pontiac Knights of Columbus. Every Friday in March, 5 to 7 at the St. Mary's Parish Hall in Pontiac. Hi, this is Kathy and Anne from Catholic Spirit Radio. We are looking for folks who would love to volunteer with us during our fundraisers and various other station events and tasks throughout the year.
7: We really need volunteers in the DeKalb, Sycamore, Morris, Joliet, and Lincoln areas as well as Bloomington Normal.
1: If you have a few extra hours or more a month,
7: put them to use for the Lord. We would love to add your name to our Catholic Spirit Radio volunteer list. Contact us at office at catholicspiritradio.org.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to Catholic Conversations, and I am guest hosting this program today. Uh, my, my name is Royce Hood, and I'm so glad to be here. Um, and we really just want to encourage everybody listening to, uh, to support Catholic Spirit Radio. Be sure to like us on Facebook. You can also follow me. I'm on Twitter, at Royce Hood, and I'm also on Facebook. Just type in Royce Hood, and there's a few um, fake Royce Hoods out there, actually. Can you guys believe that? There's actually there's,
2: there's only one OG, right? But right. Lots of imitators. I lots am, of imitators. I am the
0: OG Royce Hood. There's no question. But there's actually like two other Royce Hoods at my bank. Wow. Unrelated.
3: That that's pretty.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wild. Yeah. There's a doctor in Florida who is Royce Hood, and then his son is Royce Hood. It's really weird. But I bought the .com, so they don't they don't get that.
2: Nice. I, nice. Yeah. Good thinking. Right, Right. Right? way to get on that.
0: (laughs) So we just want to thank everybody for listening, and we are joined by uh, Amanda Wesselman and uh, Kristen Peterson, who are both involved with Elizabeth Ministry at their parishes, Um, and we were talking to Kristen a little bit about how much faith plays a role with how she um, has raised her children and preparing her daughter who's about to go off to college, and I want to switch over to Amanda for a minute and kind of ask the same question. I mean, so you're you're involved in this amazing ministry that sends love and care to to, to mothers in all stages of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. How do you raise your own children?
3: Um, we I have five children at home. Um, they're a, the oldest is twelve, and the youngest is now two. And we um, homeschool. Um, we did send our oldest to school. Um, a couple of my children are on the autism spectrum, and um, we did get some special services to the school and things like that, but. There were a lot of of issues that we had, a lot of like, uh, not so much like cultural issues because he was young, but things like um, sensory issues, anxiety about going to school, a lot of things like that. So um, especially COVID kind of gave us the kick in the pants to, to keep him home. Um, and it's been a very much a blessing for us. Um, I'm not gonna say it's easy, but I will also say that sending a kid to school, also not easy. Um, just a lot to keep up with, a lot of teachers to email a lot of, um, you can uh, say that, but I still think up you up.
2: have the harder position.
3: <laughs> well, I, I I love it. Um, before parenthood, I worked as a, an educator in museums for ten years. I taught Sunday school to preschoolers for several years. So, like You're made for it, te- right? This is this is kind of um, even though, ironically, I once told my mother apparently I could never homeschool. <laughs> oh no, right. they've got to go to school. Famous, famous, famous last, last words, word. right? Ah! Exactly, yep. exactly. I'm eating those words now. <laughs> um. So, uh, so one of the benefits of having everybody home is that we can do faith-based things with everybody there um and that when when my oldest was going to school he he would come home and he would just be so exhausted so just done from you know mitigating his sensory issues from dealing with the anxiety and all of the people so he would come home and like you want me to pray even one decade of a rosary are you kidding me like he just couldn't couldn't at all. We barely got the kid to, to mass. So, uh, and that was only once a week. So, having everybody home is is a benefit because now every day we can do something to like uh, help encourage and, and build that faith.
0: Are you following a um, like a program, a curriculum, or did you sort of build your own program that works for you?
3: Um, I am a builder. I'm, I'm what's known as an eclectic homeschooler. So you sort of piece things together. So for, for some academic subjects, I do use a curriculum, uh, math, reading, especially, but, um, for religion, I haven't found like a really good, a lot, my kids are very sensory, concrete, honestly, literal thinkers. So we use a variety of different resources right now. One that we're working through is, um, just, came out the uh, Lego Mass Book. Lego Mass book? Right. There wow. was a Lego Catechism. Do you guys not know about No. This? Wow. Oh no. my goodness. So they did like a, a catechism that several years ago that goes to the Seven Sacraments and it uses Lego as the illustrations. So it's amazing. And right? it talks about and it's like It has all the Lego pieces. Lego pieces in okay. the in the illustration. That's how they built the pictures. Right. It's kind of laid out comic book style. Um, and I'm thinking okay this is going to be like a kid's version. There's a lot of theology in there. Is it messy? What do you mean messy? Like...
2: He's applying this to his own family, I'm yes. sure. Yeah. Yes. <laughs>
0: there, yeah. Okay. There's a... Ba- do you guys know the Babylon B, Babylon B website? They yes. It's like sort of satire, and they, mm-hmm. they came out with this really funny thing. Lego has developed a new piece that kills you instantly when you step on it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I believe that's true. <laughs> right? That's what I mean by messy. Like,
0: Legos in our family... They start off great mm-hmm. with the bigger mm-hmm. kids. And yes. then our little Leo, God love him. He's awesome. Hi, Leo, if you're listening. He gets a hold of it and
2: spreads the
3: love. He's yeah, I, actually
0: a great builder, but he likes to destroy as well. Well, sure. I
3: talked about sensory issues. Some of my sensory seekers, one of the things they love to do is dump things out Mm -hmm. and i my toddler no joke is literally laid down in the middle of the lego pile and made like a carpet (laughs) angel that's in the legos and i'm like okay in a a way that's awesome and another (laughs) way oh my gosh what are you doing so
0: no but that's such a cool way to add in as you said you're a builder right you're building a program that works for your children it's probably not one size fits all right Right, and so then are you? So you, you incorporate things like the the, the Legos and, mm-hmm. and that program. So keep going. I mean, I, I love this. I think there's a lot that people listening, and I'm taking notes too, by the yeah, way. Yeah,
3: this is really cool. <laughs> um, so I I uh, when I taught preschool, um, Sunday school at a, at a different parish that was not at Epiphany, several years ago, um, they had a curriculum that they followed for every grade but preschool. So it was literally like, oh, you know, just go to the craft closet and pull out some things for a craft. And I'm like, seriously? I mean, I know they're only four, but surely they they need like some sort of structure here. So I made stuff up. So a lot of those activities um, that I've used for the younger kids, even I might I still use aspects of we've been with my older kids, even though the oldest are now 12 and 10. So one that everybody likes for some reason, um, and teaching like uh, Jesus the Good Shepherd. We take cotton balls as the little sheep, and somebody hides them, and then everybody else has to be the good shepherd and try to go and find them. Okay, right? That's it's so cute. Just like Jesus finding us and bringing us back to the family. Right? So, um, tangible lessons. right? Those tangible things. Mm-hmm. Those um, yeah, sitting still and listening is not really my children's strong point.
0: So, so then do you break it up? Right? I mean, then the mm-hmm. beauty about homeschooling is the fact that you can. You don't have to sit there for six hours. Yes. Yeah, I point that out to them on an almost daily basis. They get, they get off yeah, really right? easy. Like,
3: your friends have been in school for three hours already, and we're just getting started. <laughs> so, are your kids doing chores? Oh yeah. In between, yeah. we have a we have a chart. Um, it's uh, I bought it at the at the school shop. So it's like a pocket chart that teachers would use for different activities there. But every uh, kid has a row. Every kid that's old enough, the two year old doesn't have a row. Every kid has a row, and it has their responsibilities for the day. So the oldest three, they have a homework card, and then there's other chore cards that I kind of cycle through. you know empty the dishwasher, sweep the kitchen, wipe the bathroom sink, you know whatever. So they get um two that they have to do uh, every day and then if they have an activity that they're gonna do, like my oldest has a gym class, there's a couple kids do an art club, things like that, then I'll have a card for that. So it's kind of a visual schedule that shows them, First thing in the morning. This is what your responsibilities are, and this is what like our time constraints might be. Right? And then do you, you, a are you time. doing
0: your program with them? Like, are you sitting down and doing the lessons at a certain time, or does it based on sort of how they?
3: Sort of. They're um, the oldest ones are old enough now that I'm like, no, you you can stop
1: what you're doing. They and come to the,
3: the table. So we do um, again very tactile, concrete uh, students that I have. We do uh, our a Group time, subjects that are not leveled things like religion, um, science, social studies, those are kind of content-based as right. opposed to math, right. right? Like you can't ask a second second grader to do like sixth grade, you know, dividing fractions or whatever. So the, not those leveled subjects, but the, the kind of group content-based ones. We do what we call reading and eating. So after my toddler goes down for her nap, the big kids all come to the kitchen and we eat lunch and they always get like a treat or a special snack food or something. And that's when I read aloud to them, um, and, and when they're done eating, then we kind of move to the living room and do like an activity. You that's know, there's so nuns. Nice.
0: There's uh, sisters that do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and is it at the, the Dominicans? I can't remember, but one group there of- There are
3: several orders that right? do- That's what they do at their mealtimes. At mealtime, somebody reads, reads aloud.
0: Somebody reads. Mm-hmm. I love I that. I love
2: that.
3: Yeah.
0: Very, very cool. We should Yeah, we should try that. Usually we're doing like food fights at our family. <laughs> uh, no, um, that's that's so amazing. And then I want to ask you too, I mean, so what- You mentioned, you know, some, you have two children on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. How do you then, um, I mean, are you able to have a program that works for them and for their particular needs and everything else? Uh, Well, one of the wonderful
3: things is that I can just, I can adapt things Mm -hmm. or I can like, um, I will a lot of times get suggestions from like social media groups. Um, There's a lot of, honestly, a lot of autistic kids do not do well in a classroom setting. And so um, there's a lot of like uh, homeschool type groups on Facebook or places like that where you can ask for advice. What, what math curriculum has worked for your very concrete thinker who cannot imagine fractions? They need something that shows them. Um, so you kind of get suggestions that way. But then honestly, if you're three weeks in and it's not working – then i have the the freedom to just you know try okay we're going to try something right. else then yeah. yeah um or take a break like for history we've been kind of marching through the decades of us history Honestly, we're all a little burnt out on it. So right. before we get into the 1970s, we took a break. We're like, let's learn about South America. Who knows about South America? I don't know about South Nobody America. Nobody needs to learn so. about the
0: 1970s anyway. <laughs> we should just skip that. Well, no but
3: we do. That's the thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> No, that's, uh, that's I, I love it. I mean, the fact is um, faith and like, so we, our kids go to a Catholic school, but we mm-hmm. did try homeschooling during the pandemic. Um, and that was during the same time that we had Fulton. And then we had two other losses after Fulton. It was a really difficult
3: stressful period yeah. of
0: time. And we have a fantastic Catholic school in our community called St. Jude. Um, we have their sisters there, which is really, really mm-hmm. cool. Um, and it's right around the corner. But I think at some point in you know, homeschooling is always one of those things that like for us, it's always sort of in the back of our minds. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you can go wrong if if you've got a great, you know, school that is going to catechize your children, um, or homeschool is certainly at this day and age, um, I think it's increasingly important to really be sure that you are aware of what your children are being taught. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah.
3: You talked earlier about the, about a bubble, if you will. mm -hmm. Um, I kind of think of it more as like a filter. I guess because you cannot stop all of those influences. They're going right, to hear right. words. They're going to see things. Yeah. They're going to, you know, uh, neighbor kids are going to sing a song. You know, whatever right. that maybe you you would not have chosen. But this way, I can I can hear it because honestly, a lot of times those kids are at my, they're in my yard, so I heard it and I'd be like, okay, that one that Julie was singing. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that for a minute, yep. um, so that you can at least filter it through that that lens that you know like you know Tommy was not using kind words that is not how we are a good friend exactly those kind of things I like that kind of deal with it like
0: almost right in the moment it's a it's a bubble filter
2: a Mm -hmm. bubble filter yes there we go (laughs) there
0: you go no I think I mean no it's it's so true and look we I'm absolutely raising my kids in a bubble I mean we expose them to just enough but like you said just going outside and playing with their friends they're bombarded with mm-hmm. the the world right. right and that's unavoidable um you know it's funny we, we were watching a, a catholic movie on youtube it was called uh what was it called it was something about the black swan um gosh it's going to come back to me really cool story about world war ii um where there was this monsignor at the vatican that ran this sort of like underground railroad to help prisoners help jews everybody get out of rome during the nazi occupation Mm -hmm. and the guy that was in charge of the gestapo who was arresting everybody and was trying to uh, trying to murder this monsignor ended up in prison and the only visitor and he was sentenced to life in prison for war crimes he had one visitor a month for 30 years and it was the monsignor Mm -hmm. and this gestapo leader ended up converting to Catholicism because of these visits. It was awesome movie. But just, okay, so going into YouTube and putting it, it's the only place you can find it. Yeah. And then the commercials that come on.
2: Right. Are like, holy cow, yes. like this is a Catholic yes. movie. <sighs> it's just going to infiltrate no matter what, right? So you have to prepare your children to handle it absolutely you know so that i do like the filter bubble filter mm-hmm. you know? bubble the filter bubble. you know yeah you should you,
0: trademark that
2: right right <laughs> i think you're onto something there right
0: a filter bubble it could be the name of the company and the product will be a giant blanket with a hood
2: <laughs> yes okay there it just came full circle right it did, it did. i the love hoodies. it i love the it hoodies, this is a
0: yeah yeah forget shark tank just listen right. to this program
2: we're <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of ideas
0: No, so listen, this has been so great. Let's wrap up um, in the time that we have left to just kind of go back over a few things with um, Elizabeth Ministry a little bit. Mm -hmm. If somebody is listening to this program right now and uh, their parish does not, I think you already talked about this a little bit, but they can just go to the international website, right? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
0: And that's elizabethministry.org. And there are resources on there where people can sign up. How, How much of a role does your pastor at your local parishes have in... Um, does he have to give a blessing for you to, to have Elizabeth ministry? Is he involved at all? I mean,
3: yes, the pastor has to kind of sign off to make it an official parish ministry. Um, at Epiphany, we also have like, uh, we were able to have a line item in the budget to help to pay for things like the baptism gift towels and things like that. So we do have, um, some parish support that way, which would not be possible without the pastor being on board. Um, now, fortunately, the, the pastor at Epiphany was like, this is an amazing, yes, this is amazing. You want to get a group together and support families, then I'm all for it. Um, so that was good. But we did have to kind of go and, you know, say we want to make this an official ministry. So, you know, can you do the paperwork?
0: Whatever you <laughs> do on your end. Nobody <laughs> ever likes paperwork. So, right, no, right. I know. Right, no, that's huge. I think when, um, with Fulton and we received the outpouring of support from our parish, I, I don't believe, and I could be wrong. But I don't believe it was done through an official ministry. It was just, you know, the moms of Mm -hmm. the parish. Yeah. Um, And again, we have a great school where everybody's very, very involved. And it was really just one or two people taking charge and setting up the train and everything else. Um, When I first heard Meal Train, I actually thought we were getting tickets to go on like a train. (laughs) (laughs) And they would serve you a meal. This sounds
3: amazing. Yeah.
0: And I was like, this is great because in Florida, really, you don't take any trains. Mm -hmm. Right. That's like a, that's a like a Midwest thing, I guess, Yeah, Chicago thing. Right. The ground's a little more solid here. Right. Sounds a little yeah. swampy
3: and sandy down you know, there in Florida. You know, people think
0: that. It is a little bit wet <laughs> down there, I guess. But yeah, there's, there's not as many trains, that's for sure. Anyway.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I will say that when you have an official ministry, um, a, a lot of times what happens when there's, a, especially like a tragic situation or even just somebody who's like, oh, wow, they just had a baby and they just moved to town. Like people want to help. Yeah. But a lot of times they don't know how to help. So, when you have an official ministry, they can be like, "Oh, I'll just contact. You know, I'll email Elizabeth Ministry and give them the the new family's name and then they can get them a couple meals or, you know, exactly. check in on them. And that's I think that's what that the, the the church that we were at that there was no support from the church. It was because it not that people didn't want to help, but they didn't know how there was no right. base so um this the part of what Elizabeth Ministry does is give people, yes, volunteers make it happen. But even just people who have heard about, you know, a family that might be able to use some of the services, then they can kind of pass their name along and we can reach out to them. I
0: would way. think, too, that would be such a great tool for evangelization mm-hmm. Oh, and, absolutely! and growing your parish. I mean, frankly, you know, ministry like this really could. I mean, I know most of the families are involved in the parish already, but like you're saying, if you know somebody that needs help, um, what greater way to show them love? And to invite them into the parish. Absolutely. So that's great. Well, listen, you've been listening to Catholic Conversations. I am your um, guest host today, Royce Hood, on Catholic Spirit Radio. We just want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. We want to thank Amanda and Kristen uh, for all the great work that they do through Elizabeth Ministry. Thank you so much for tuning in. You've been listening to Catholic Conversations. Download our podcasts at catholicspiritradio.com.
4: This is it, the final performances ever in Bloomington, Illinois. This is the last season for the spectacular performances of The American Passion Play,
5: the greatest story ever told. The American Passion Play brings Christian history to life, with authentic costumes, elaborate settings and live animals. There's intrigue, drama, friendship, and as the plot unfolds, betrayal, sorrow, and love You must see the American Passion Play before its final curtain falls at the Center for the Performing Arts in Bloomington. Viewed by generation after generation, this is theater at its
4: best. Performance dates are March 11, 18, 25, and April 1st, and each performance begins promptly at 1 p.m. Reserve your American Passion Play tickets today by calling
7: 309-829-3903.